Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and today's guest on the podcast, Abby Dane. Well, today we continue to look into the story of Noah as part of our study, the beginning, his story in Genesis 1 through 11. And we saw God's faithfulness as he remembered Noah, caused the floodwaters to recede. We also saw God's grace as he establishes the first covenant relationship with his people. And as we continue to look at covenants throughout scripture, we were reminded that every promise is fulfilled in our Savior, Jesus Christ. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, Abby, welcome. Thank we are you. so delighted to have you. And I was pretty excited about her title here at Bellevue. It's Director of Story yes. at BBC. You're also a writer of our Bellevue Women Bible Study and a small group leader on Wednesday nights. So Thanks. thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is great. We were just talking about how important it is for us to know each other's stories, but also how stories fit in to the life and the body of the church and how important it is for us to know each other's. And I love that you're helping us hear other people's stories and be able to really kind of grasp what God is doing in our midst. Yeah, it's been really neat listening to the other episodes of The Afterword and hearing a lot of the stories you all have shared here. When I first came into this role, one of the first verses that the Lord really brought across my quiet time was Psalm 107.2, let the redeemed of the Lord tell mm-hmm. their story, those mm-hmm. he redeemed from the hand of the foe. And that's just kind of undergirded, I think, everything we're trying to do through the media team at Bellevue, that we want to give people that opportunity, that space to tell what God has done. Because as we know also from Revelation, that's how we defeat the enemy, through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I just look forward to how God might use this. It's a new role at Bellevue and just looking forward to how He will use people's stories, what He's done in the lives of people here and how He's just continuing to work. It's going to be exciting. Well, and people are drawn to stories, are they not? I mean, from Genesis, Mm -hmm. we have learned that over and over in our study, that it's just the way Moses tells it, it's one story after another story. And today we finished up the Noah story. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and what a great job, mm-hmm. Adana. What powerful teaching today on the faithfulness of God and drawing that thread all the way through the covenants mm-hmm. there. How beautiful it is just to see that God's purpose was never thwarted. That's right. It was His design from in the beginning, all the way through until he comes again. And just because man messed up, mm-hmm. it did not change the plan of God. Or his character yes. and his goodness. And that's mm. the beauty, I think, of living on this side of the cross. Yes. Is we can see everything through the lens of Christ. And I love that we know the end of the story. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> because the- I'm just afraid if I'd been Mrs. Noah— and not knowing how long, when I was going to get off that boat, I'm just thinking my attitude wouldn't have been very yeah. pleasing. <laughs> I know mine wouldn't have been. <laughs> Yes, because I love the story, the picture you painted of being on the ark. Because I think sometimes, even just in studying for writing about it, you know, you have to kind of put your mind in what would it have been like. These were real people, right. and they were really on a boat for that long and lost family, other family and friends, mm-hmm. um, other than the, the close family that was on the ark and what the emotions must have been like. I loved the comparison with the pandemic and yeah. it's a, a small taste of mm-hmm. what they had to have experienced. So and just the comparison with that, with the dark night of the soul and how 
thing that carried them through was knowing that God was there. There was a covenant that had been established for his witness with them. That's right. And how that's what carries us through. When we have that relationship with the Lord, when we will go through those dark nights of the soul, knowing that it's God's presence that will be there through it and after that as well. That's right. right. And one of the things that stood out to me as I was studying this week was just the fact that when Noah finally does exit the boat, and it took as much faith to get off the boat Mm -hmm. as it did to get on the boat because he had no idea what was ahead of him. But, you know, his family needed a place to live. The animals needed to be taken care of. But the first thing he did was to worship Even in the unknowns that were ahead of him, he chose to worship. And what a beautiful picture that is for us in whatever we're going through right now. Pause on Mm -hmm. our stuff. Because it's when we worship him that all of a sudden he becomes so real. Mm. And the other stuff just pales in comparison. In fact, it just dissolves. dissolves. It does. Well, being in Bible study is lots of fun. Being able to write curriculum together is awesome and to be a part of the team. And Abby, we're so delighted to have Mm -hmm. you on the team. So how would you say writing has impacted your life? Oh, wow. I mean, getting to be part of this writing team has been honestly a dream come true. One that I honestly never thought that I'd have the opportunity to do. And when the Lord brought it, I told Dana when we had lunch that day, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be part of this unless we know that the Lord is in it. Because my love for you ladies, my love for Marge, I mean, I've just always viewed that as such a sacred space. So when I got the opportunity to come on, that opportunity to think that what I'll be writing might impact other ladies the way it has impacted me. I mean, I can remember in the early days in the chapel studying Thessalonians and (laughs) um, I mean, and just I was soaking in every, every word and not only your words, but the word and Mm -hmm. what an impact that had on my life ever since. And just knowing that the ways that women will, they'll read, not what I'm writing, but how that might point them to a love for the word, how God has changed my life because of just daily being immersed in his word. And I've heard Leslie Hollowell talks about this all the time, just wanting to truly cultivate a love for God's word in other ladies, because I think that's where it all happens. You know, with the homework, we get so much out of it with our time together and through the lesson each week, but it's in that Monday through Saturday time with the Lord that we really it digs deep. And so getting to be part of that has just been amazing. And I pray that God uses some small part of it of what I'm writing um, to touch someone. So, Well, He is. I think it's very precious that you were asked to move into the spot that March had. March had a profound impact on your life. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. A little bit of brag on Marge. (laughs) It's a funny and fun story of how I really even got to build a relationship with her. Back when Bellevue was doing the chronological Bible study, me and three other single women, we wanted to do it. We wanted to go through it as a group. I was very new to Bellevue at that time, so I really didn't know who might be able to lead us through Mm -hmm. it. And one of the other girls went to Marge and just said, is there anybody you know who might be interested in leading us? If they have time, would they have the availability, would they want to? On the spot, Marge said, I want to. And so, um, I mean, we're we're like the director of women's ministry. She's going to do it. And so 
from then on, she met with us in her office. It was early mornings. We would come before work and just for about an hour. And one of the biggest things that she really impressed on me during that time was learning the character of God, that always look for the character of God and what you're reading. Because I think we read it looking for what we, exactly. our prescription for the day, hmm. what will get me through this moment. And and I still tend to default to that a lot. But one of the things that she really ingrained in us was look for God's character. So I think another thing that always impressed me about her was you know, she was, she's the director of women's ministry at Bellevue. And I see the same thing in Dana and the, the lunch that we got to have, but nobody knew that Marge was doing that with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no like social media post about, you know, propping her up. She wasn't doing it for any kind of recognition. She was just trying to invest in the next generation. And anytime I saw her after that, she stopped, looked at me, asked how I was doing. She had us over for making Christmas cookies during that time. I mean, it was just, I really felt seen by Martin Mm -hmm. in a place as big as Bellevue that just always made an impression on me. So yes, at her funeral actually was the moment. And it was interesting. You talked about it a little bit this morning, but that release to step out of the boat. Yeah, And it was at her funeral the two of you and Jean were on the stage, each sharing your testimonies about Marge. But there was something in that moment where I just knew that the Lord had released me to step mm-hmm. back into. I'd just taken a break from ministry. And I knew that he had, in that moment, said, stop wasting time. Yeah. And I think maybe the next day I sent Dana a text wow. and said, I don't know what I'm even asking, but can we get together mm-hmm. and just see what opportunities there might be to just volunteer with your ministry or whatever that might look like. And the Lord was stirring in her too. So, yeah. Yes. Well, I've been following your posts because you are an incredible writer. And I had been following your writing posts that you do for quite a while and thinking, okay, she really, God, you're stirring something within her and you're getting ready to use her. And so it's so awesome to have you as part of our team. I love that God called you Mm. at Marge's Celebration Mm. of Life Mm. service. How precious is that? Mm. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was just such a, you know, we don't hear the audible voice of God, but it was when Jean Mm. said, she mentioned that she had done ministry with Marge for 40 years, and she said, I can't imagine not doing ministry with Marge. It's all I've Mm. ever known. And something about that, doing ministry for 40 years, just that consistency Mm. and it's been a deep conviction of just, I want to live that consistently. That is hard to do. That is mm. not an easy well, life it's to daily. Live. Yes. It's daily. And mm. that's the thing. It's not what you do, what you accomplish ultimately. It's what you do daily that creates the person mm. God's able to entrust with mm. greater things for the mm. kingdom. It's just like we talked about Daniel briefly this morning. Mm. It's that, you know, the things that he ate, everything he did, he honored the Lord and God granted him favor in Babylon, of right. all places. And yet when the big test came, mm. he was able to stand because of what he did daily. And that's what I want people to grasp. I mean, if I could do it for them, I would. Mm. If I could help them get up every morning and get into the Word of God and grasp the grand narrative of God's story and that in His mm. Grace and mercy He has chosen to write us in. How exciting to be able to open the living, breathing Word of God on a daily basis and commune with the Creator. Mm. How do we ever get over that? Mm-hmm. And if I could instill that in the hearts mm-hmm. of women, that He would become their priority, mm-hmm. that He would be preeminent in their lives, it changes 
everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm in a Monday night small group. It's become a rather large group at this point with Susan mm-hmm. Mosier at her mm-hmm. house. And, and we were talking just last night about how, you know, we've been meeting with that group for years and it's just kind of become a fellowship time for us at this point. But it started out, we would get together for like different video Bible studies and workbooks and things like that. And learning about the character of God then and where we've all come to now with things that we've been through. And I mean, looking around the room last night, there were there was a girl who's lost both parents to COVID mm. in the last year. Mm. There's a girl who lost her dad and something unexpected. I mean, I was literally able to look around the room wow. and every single girl in there had been through something very heavy. Mm. But just thinking we were all in that room talking about the whole topic. We're reading the mm. Psalm 23 book and each girl was talking about just how we are able to lean into the Lord, we're able to mm-hmm. rest in the shepherd's guidance. And that what you learn from experience. You right. may know, I think 10 years ago when we first started meeting, we knew it, mm-hmm. but now we really know, know it, it in our in the yeah, inner man. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. So, yes. The difference mm-hmm. in head knowledge yes. and heart knowledge. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that comes experientially the more time you spend with the Father. Right. We call them the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. But I think there's really a point in our lives, where it moves past the discipline. It just moves into, this is life. And if I don't have my time with the Lord this morning, Mm -hmm. I don't have life today. It becomes that connection that is so dear Mm -hmm. and deep. It is like the air that we breathe, the water that we drink. If we don't have those things, we don't function. When we get to that place, you know, and any of us can fall off, but I think there's just a point which it's just that deep need of our heart that we know I've got to have my time with the Lord in the morning. And I think that's what you're talking about, Donna, is getting to that place in our lives to where we don't even have to think about it. Right. Well, we, and that's where the word discipline comes in because it's like Daniel. It's the things yeah. you do on a daily basis. So when you're confronted with being thrown into the lion's den, well, it's not even a question. I'm going to continue to honor the Lord and come what may. You know, Jesus himself said, man doesn't live by bread alone. He's quoting Deuteronomy. But on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, his word is our lifeline. Yes. His word grants us perspective on life. His word gives us reality because this world is so unreal and is passing Mm -hmm. away. Only his truth and his kingdom are actually real. Well, I know that discipleship has had a huge impact on your life. Would you share a little bit about that? Sure. I did want to share one excerpt from the homework about that that I thought was really neat. It was actually in the intro. Here's just a small part. It says, Bill Moyers asked a diverse group of guests on his panel what kind of newspaper headline they would give to the story of Noah and the flood. One of his guests, the editor of Wall Street Journal, replied, God destroys the world. Another guest suggested, God regrets his creation. But then a pastor of a Baptist church in Harlem spoke up with an alternative headline. He proposed that the best headline would be, God gives human beings a second chance. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like that's my testimony in a nutshell. (laughs) I mean, and we see it throughout Scripture. I mean, God gives second, third, fourth, fifth, 22nd chances. And for me, discipleship, I really believe, was God giving me that second chance for accepting salvation. I grew up in a small town, and I moved to Memphis for a job. I grew up in church and had a wonderful pastor, wonderful youth leader. I don't recall formal discipleship being a thing Mm. then. Mm. I think it's really only more in the more Mm. recent years become what it is. But 
I just back then, I don't recall the spiritual discipline, right. like learning what it meant to read your Bible, how to read your Bible, mm. how to pray. But when I moved to Memphis and I got a little bit involved at Bellevue, but I was kind of tiptoeing in. Being from a small town, yeah. I mean, Bellevue is about the size That's of your my town. town. <laughs> yes. um, I'm from Martin, Tennessee. So when I got here, my sister was already going and invited me. And I got involved through little things like a Thursday night Bible study. I came here and there. I got involved with recreation. And through those things, I met several girls who really were a big influence in my life spiritually. Two in particular, my friends Emily and Bethany, who to this day are two of my dearest friends, they told me about a Bible study that they were doing. I did not know that it was discipleship. I really didn't know what I was getting myself mm-hmm. into, I don't think. But they just explained that it was just a small group time, about 15 weeks, and just getting together to study the Bible. And I'll never forget them saying, it's going to change your life. And I remember thinking, I was far from the Lord at that time. And I remember thinking, I don't need my life changed. I'm fine. <laughs> but it did. I mean, it was the establishing. I really felt like it met you where you were. I mean, I think we read eight verses a week and learned what it meant to ponder on a verse and pray that verse and just developing that, immersing yourself in God's Word. So at the end of that study, on January 20th, 2009, I had just been wrestling deeply with my salvation and I didn't want to tell anybody. And I think that's one thing in sharing my story. Someone out there is listening to this while they're mm. on the treadmill. They're at the grocery store. They're doing whatever. They're listening and they're thinking, I've been in church my whole life. I can't tell anybody that I don't think I'm saved. Yes, you can. You have to. Because mm. <laughs> um, that's where I was. And I think I only told one or two people. And one of those was Emily. And on January, is actually the 19th, but it went into the morning mm-hmm. of the 20th. Mm-hmm. She was texting me verses. She was praying. And it was one of those moments of a stake in the ground. She we just referred to it as my stake in the ground moment that on this day, I don't know if I was saved when I was six or when I was 26, but I can look back on January 20th, 2009, anytime the enemy tries to throw yes. lies at me and say, no, I put it in the ground that day. And I don't think that would have happened if it weren't for discipleship. I think maybe God would have pursued me beyond that other ways, but I know that it was through the word coming alive to me. His mm-hmm. word does not return void. Yes. And it really captured me and and found me where I was in, in realizing the need that I had for a savior. And discipleship doesn't stop there. I've fallen hard many times since then. It's not a perfect walk just because you've gotten saved or just because you've gotten discipled. And so I've fallen hard and God has picked me up every single time. And I think it's important that we don't wear a mask that says, yes, yes, yes. I'm perfect. I've got it all together now because that same woman is walking around the grocery store thinking I can never fit with that group. And if I can sit at this table, anybody can. That's a beautiful testimony. Mm -hmm. And there is incredible power in testimonies. And you're right. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us in Revelation 12, that's one of the ways we overcome the enemy. Mm -hmm. So blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and the fact that we don't love our lives unto death. So we've chosen to love Christ first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And there's incredible power in our story because it does connect with other women who are experiencing the same things. Because the lies that the enemy fed you are the same lies he feeds Dana and mm-hmm. me and every other person walking the planet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so good for us to know that mm-hmm. and that there's safety in the body of Christ and there's community and connection, Mm -hmm, which is what God created us for. I think that's one reason the pandemic has been so damaging to mental health is because it's isolated so many people. It's instilled fear in people's hearts of getting together in community and connecting with people. And as we come back together, we realize how life-giving it truly is. And I love 
that the Lord saved you in 09, put you with margin uh, 10. I know, I know. I know. That's yes. tremendous. It, he fast-tracked yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the perfect next step because I had just fallen in love with the Word. And yes. so when there was all this talk about reading the Bible through, I'd never done that before. So reading yeah. the Bible through in a year, I was like, I'm doing it. Every day I was in the same spot and I never missed a day. Yeah, it was, it was really cool taking that next step the next year. Mm, that's beautiful. Goodness. Well, thank you. You know, I love that we close each week in our study with From Shadow to Reality, that we see shadows of Christ all throughout the yes. Old Testament that points us to the reality of Him. You know, like we pointed out this week, we looked at the covenants mm. and how they build upon one another and how God is the one who initiates and makes and keeps yes. <laughs> the covenants. And aren't we grateful? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're interested and you're listening and you think, wow, I need to be in discipleship, I would love to be in a small group to learn how to read the Bible, how to study it, how to pray, you can go to bellevue.org forward slash discipleship and sign up to get involved. It really is a life-changing yes. experience. Yeah. I can tell you, I was never formally discipled, mm -hmm. Abby. And in fact, I laugh and you've heard me say this, I was discipled by dead people because I'm such an avid reader. And so I read all the Christian classics and I, God created such a hunger in my heart. And I would go to older women and say, may I take you to brunch? May I take you to lunch? And I'd take my Bible and a notepad and just mm -hmm. ask them questions, ask them to pray with me so mm -hmm. that I could just experience how other people enter into the presence of God, how they intercede on behalf of others, how they do warfare, mm -hmm. how they stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And it was such a blessing to learn from other women who were further down the road mm -hmm. in age, but also spiritual experience and intimacy with Christ. And it so challenged me. And I did various discipleship methods mm -hmm. before coming to Memphis. But it was when I got to Memphis that I started doing the Chronological Bible. And I have seen it change yes. women's lives mm -hmm. because they get the grand narrative of Scripture, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. They see it in God's Word, and suddenly they can tell His story. Mm. And once they're able to grasp it and tell it, it's life-changing. Mm -hmm. And I love the various ways. When they start making the connections and seeing they can do it themselves, whether it's like one of my ladies, was, I know you're listening, you can't see this, but she puts her hands up by her head and shoots her fingers out with a like, okay, this is crazy. Like, how have I not seen this before? And one of my other ladies just starts flapping her arms up and down and squealing. Like, ah, I've never seen this before. This is amazing. So then we make them in our discipleship group. But then during the week, they start making them themselves. And so we're in group text and they're mm. shooting texts out, you know, okay, did y'all see this? Or, or they've got a question. Hey, I read this and I don't really get this. What do y'all think about this? And I love seeing how many mm. of them are digging now and studying and digging into commentaries or study Bibles. And I don't have to answer. One of the people in the group will come mm. in with an answer, and, mm. and they'll add things to it. And there is nothing more exciting to me mm. than yeah. watching people grasp just the greatness of our Creator God and the fact that He has chosen us to get to know mm. Him through His Word and through His Spirit. Mm. There is no greater mm. joy than to see your children and other people walking with the Lord. Once you taste and see that He is good, the world loses. That's right. <laughs> yes. It loses its savor. It mm -hmm. <laughs> it's no longer enticing. Mm -hmm. So, Abby, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you. And would you close us in prayer sure. and pray for any women listening who are hungering for what you have discovered sure. through discipleship, that God would just direct their steps and lead them to a place where they, too, can grow? Yeah, definitely. Thank, thank you. you. Lord, I thank you so much for just this opportunity to spend time with these ladies. And God, more than anything, we thank you for the opportunity to spend time with you. God, I do. I thank you for the opportunity you give us to be right now in the ears of someone who may be struggling, someone who they hear the Bible taught 
weekly at church and they just feel like it's something they could never live up to. They feel like the building's going to crash in on them just because mm-hmm. they walked in the door. God, we know that those people are the ones that you see and you That's hold right. dear and you're leaning mm-hmm. in just wanting them to talk to you. So God, I just ask that for those who are fearful of what discipleship looks like, God, I pray that you would just tear down that stronghold. That's mm-hmm. something that the enemy is using to keep them from drawing close to you. I pray that you would break chains, break bondage of people who may be stuck in sin right now, and that's keeping a divide between them and you. And God, we know that you is for freedom, that you set us free, Lord. That's and so right. we ask that for anyone who desires to be with Christ. Lord, I pray that you would tear down anything that stands in their way. I pray that you would draw close to them, that they would resist the enemy and they would draw near to you. And God, I pray that as the church, we would open our arms to people who are on the outside edges and that we would have us to see those who are fearful and those who feel like they don't belong and that those would be the very ones that we're reaching out that in a sea of people at a church as large as Bellevue, Lord, that even though they can't see us, we can see them and help us to reach out to them and find them and, and bring them into the fold just like you brought us in, Lord. We love you. We thank you so much for your son and for the sacrifice that was made for us so that we all can be worthy no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. It's because of Jesus that we're worthy to sit at your table. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org slash women.